Good evening and welcome. This is Eroticism Magazine's weekly podcast. Tonight, we're talking about eroticism, actually. My name is Kevin, the erotic photographer, and I am your host. So what is eroticism? Eroticism is that quality found in any form of artwork from paintings to photography to film to literature. And although there are different descriptions for this term, a couple of dominant themes emerged to encapsulate the word eroticism. One definition is that eroticism is a state of sexual arousal or sexual excitement, an insistent sexual impulse, desire, or pattern of thoughts, or the anticipation of it. The second definition we find is something that has a, the quality of, or character of being able to arouse sexual excitement or feelings. This quality may be found in any form of artwork, including painting, photography, drama, film, music, literature, and in advertising. Eroticism also is referred to as one's ability to experience sexual thoughts, desires, and sensations. Now, personally, I agree with all three of these concepts. I don't believe there is a single definition, or not at least these three definitions not one single one encapsulates exactly what eroticism is because it is an expression of individual and personal freedom. It's the cultivation of pleasure for its own sake. And eroticism is the capacity of capturing and are maintaining aliveness, vibrancy, vitality, life source and life energy through sex. And eroticism is the reconnection with that quality of renewal of playfulness, of being alive, of curiosity, of mystery, and transcendence. Eroticism, eroticism is fueled by our creativity and imagination. It involves expansiveness and going outside of our usual boundaries. Eroticism is a space you enter, a place that you go inside yourself with another or others rather than just something that you do. Eroticism embraces novelty, and novelty in this context is about who you bring to the experience. Such esoteric concepts of what constitutes eroticism is certainly a far cry from what we usually hear as suggestions for spicing up one's sex life, like new sexual positions, sex toys, try Kama Sutra, but eroticism in itself is not a sexual act. Eroticism is not pornographia. Porn is indeed a sexual act. And today, the eroticism in porn has been lost. There are the same elements present in every porn movie today. The encounter of the actors, the sexual acts, and the orgasm. Maybe a facial, maybe a splat on her chest, Maybe you even come inside, but it's basically, it's all the same. And then bang, we, 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 we cut to the credits. The producers tend to do an extensive amount of close-ups, what I like to call gynecological shots. And maybe as a viewer, you like to see this. I don't know, I don't, I don't find those shots exciting. I don't find that they ignite anything in me. And the reality of pornography today, whether you're talking about film or photo, is it's the same action 
with different participants at different locations. I caught one series one time called The White Box because one of the actresses that I love to follow was in a girl-girl scene there. And this is a prime example of an excessively lit, all white walls and white bedding. And the, act, the actors, either guys and girls or girl-girl, are extremely lit and the same white set is used over and over. And thus it's called the white box. In 2016, I'm going to tell you, an independent writer for, for Eroticism Magazine did an article for me about the Sex and Eroticism Expo in, they, that, that takes place in Mexico City, titled by the author himself, Sex and Eroticism Expo Without the Eroticism. Now, I didn't influence the title. I didn't influence anything that he wrote because actually the, the guy who runs the expo is a He's a porn producer here in Mexico who I know, who has hired some of my talents over the years and who's, you know, I've helped out with lighting and things like that over the years. But the expo, the expo is then and now produced by him. And he's a porn producer who was, is self-taught, who converted what was a really diverse expo, exposition of sex and eroticism into a display of literally just his porn works and his products that he sells, shirts, t-shirts, shorts, uh, jogging pants, uh, whatever it may be. He, he sells all that stuff there, you know? And he sells it on his website. So that, that's, that's the stuff that was there. There was no eroticism. And the aisles, you could find naked people, mostly as actresses, strolling, taking pictures with the attendees for five bucks on the visitor's cellular phone, of course, uh, or a camera. The stages were filled with his actors and actresses, either naked or getting naked for the people to watch. And it, it turned into a true stage for promoting his porn. Now, I participated in this expo in 2015. And myself and a friend of mine, we did the photography and the film for that expo. And we had a stand there to present the magazine, which we did with, a, with four or five of our cover girls who came out and, uh, you know, did pictures and stuff like that. And at one point, these girls had these booths that they rented and they created little private areas, which they weren't allowed to do, you know, curtains hanging there so that nobody could see them from the outside. And rumor was that clients could go pay and get a blowjob from them for a price and rumors of uh, bunk behind the curtains for a complete service was floating around everywhere. But beginning in 2015, that particular expo, the police had a booth as you entered onto the main expo floor. And they were roving the expo for the purpose of finding these acts of illegal or illicit behavior and closing down these booths and, you know, suspending the activity, which happened to these supposed booths where the girls were, you know, performing sex acts behind the curtain. And the following year, all the big exhibitors that were the big sponsors of the expo, big money guys, lingerie companies, independent producers, and even the webcam great Live Jasmine decided not to return, leaving his models and products. Now, like myself, all erotic artists come in all sizes and shapes with different erotic ideas for their work. For me, I personally cringe every time I hear someone say that erotic photographer, a filmmaker, or an erotic artist is a pornographer. 
And that's not because I think that being a true pornographer is a bad thing. Actually, I too have been in and done shooting porn films and photography and was recruited or attempted to be recruited by a low-level porn company in Mexico to be their lighting guy, which I wasn't interested in. For me, for many years, I kept a distinct separation between my vanilla works and erotica and pornography because of the stigma that sexually uneducated people put on the business. And for me, my non-erotic works was what funded my erotic works, which was a passion, not really a job until around 2007 when I became the go-to guy for all the escorts in Mexico. And, you know, even with that, I, I kept my separation because I think that pornography would be more acceptable, even though it's, it's still sex work, than escorts, which is associated with prostitution and sex trafficking and so forth. So I had to keep a separation there. And, you know, we're not sexual deviants, at least most of us aren't. As erotic artists from all areas of the visual erotic arts, we are all voyeurs. And anyone from the visual erotic arts who says he's not a voyeur, he's either lying to you or he may be even lying to himself. As an erotic photographer, I'm personally, I'm looking through my camera's viewfinder and enjoying watching the model posing in front of my lens, changing positions, moving herself about, moving her legs, her arms, switching her thighs so they point a little bit more towards me or pitching her thighs the other way so that her, her butt points a little bit more towards me. And I'm sometimes giving directions to the model to reach a pose that for my taste ignites my erotic elements. This is voyeurism at its best. Back in my beginnings as a photographer when I shot film, I had to be absolutely perfect in my lighting and ambient settings because there were no LCD screen on the back of the camera to check the shot. And if it wasn't perfect that you could make adjustments and then take another shot and check it and take another shot and check it. For me, to make sure that I had exactly what I was looking for. I used a Polaroid cartridge on the back of my Mamea camera. So when I was sure I had my shot composed perfectly, I could literally take a Polaroid with my camera using the settings and lighting to make sure it was exactly what I was looking for. And then take off the Polaroid cartridge, slap on the film cartridge and start shooting. Now, we didn't have the luxury of shooting 100 shots and picking the best one or the best 10. I had to use an analog light meter to check for lighting levels. I had to make sure I was using the correct, the correct film for the shoot at hand. And you have to remember that what I'm looking for might not be the same as the next guy. As erotic tastes, are, they're different. For me, the first model that I would consider ignited all those erotic motions in me that I later discovered was eroticism. Her name was Mid Ku, and she was half black, half Vietnamese. She was a tall, thin, 18-year-old girl at the time, and she was sent by her agency to shoot jeans. Now, back in the day, this was my bread and butter there in the studio, shooting, shooting jeans, shorts, sneakers, anything that an agency would send my way, I, I, I would do it. And the money was good. I mean, you're talking about 
a day's work, you could bill uh, a designer, you could bill the agency, you, you could bill them easily $7,000 for the day. So when, when mid-crew arrived, she was dressed in a, in a black cat suit, as we called it. She was wearing these high black suede boots up to the knees. And when she walked in, she had this incredible smile. I mean, I got hard immediately. She changed into her first pair of jeans, which we called hip huggers, and a cropped top, which I remember she called a midriff top. And from the lower ribs down, you could see her incredible cappuccino-colored skin on her perfectly flat stomach. And she was wearing designer heels, which made her tower just a little bit above me. Now, we did the catalog shots in the studio for the jeans, and I invited her down to the riverfront just a block away for some location shots. And she agreed. I asked her to put back on the hip huggers, but with her boots, not with the heels. And she had this little short leather jacket that she had with her that didn't quite close in the front. And when she walked out of the dressing room, I mean, I was aroused immediately. It was wood at first sight. And we headed out on our way, and as we walked down 30th, West 30th Street towards the river, you know, we passed this, uh, I would call it a work yard, and we attracted the attention of everyone. Whistles, shouts of, oh my God, I'm in love from people in one of the yards. And, and Midku, she just smiled. She grabbed my arm, pulled me a little closer. I shot two cartridges at the riverfront. One which was for me in black and white, and one which was to show the agency some publicity options. 20 photos in total, 10 on each, in each cartridge. And when we finished, we started heading back to the studio because the sun was starting to go down now. And it wasn't the place where you wanted to be walking around with expensive camera equipment and a sex, sexy dressed model uh, in the dark. And I told her she could change while I put away the equipment and took the film into the makeshift dark room and I told her that I would get the positives to the agency by messenger but if she wanted to see the riverfront shot riverfront shots she could come back now Midku asked me if I didn't have something to drink which of course I did I had an extensive bar back then I made her a vodka tonic and we chatted a little while and it turned out she had been modeling and competing in pageants since she was 16 years old she became we became good friends outside of working together, and the agency always sent her when we had jeans or shorts to shoot. I mean, amazing in white jeans. You have no idea with that color skin and a pair of tight-fitting white jeans how sexy she looked. What, what she didn't know the, the first time is that one of the cartridges I shot at the riverfront was black and white for me. When I showed her the photos on, on the contact sheet, she grabbed me, she gave me a big hug and a kiss, and she asked if she could have copies and could we do some more personal stuff on our downtime. And of course, I agreed. And I mean, over the course of like 18, 19 months, I think we worked together, we did a shitload of outside location stuff from Coney Island to the Meatpacking District, and mostly on Sundays. In the late fall and late winter, those places are abandoned Sundays well on Sundays and we would have them all to ourselves uh, in the middle of winter because of being close to the river 
and the big buildings and everything. When that wind came ripping through there, I mean, it was cold. It wasn't, wasn't fit to be out there in zero degree weather or with snow on the ground. The point for being that for me then and still today, the perfect fitting jeans with the right cut with boots or heels is what ignites my eroticism, my erotic self. I didn't need to see her naked or with a dick in her mouth to get my erotic juices flowing and my brain in overdrive. And today that's still true. You know, most models that have passed in front of my lens in the last five years, aside from, you know, lifestyle nudes for the magazine, which is lifestyle nudes are, in case you don't know, are dressed either in street clothes or lingerie or pajamas or whatever to getting undressed to completely undressed and, you know, touching yourself, masturbating, inserting a dildo maybe or a, or a vibrator. And uh, I mean, that's, ba that's basically, you know, what, what it was. And commission work, you know, sometimes was slightly different. You, you know, you get scantily dressed models or girls that would come in and want to do something a little bit more uh, seductive and not explicit. I, I called it s slightly or strategically covered. I don't know, I don't know how else to explain it, you know? And I have shot in jeans and those perfect fitting jeans in the whole package. So it really sparks my erotic creativity. Now, Mia Rose on her 19th birthday, and I didn't know it was her birthday. She arrived straight from the airport to the studio and she was wearing jeans and boots, carrying her little carry-on with their lingerie and heels for the shoot. And I insisted that we shoot some of her in her jeans and boots, and, and we did. And then about seven hour, hours later, we were done shooting five changes of clothing. And we said goodbye, and in five minutes, she returned and said to me, hey, today's my birthday, aren't you gonna fuck me? And I mean, I was floored. I was already all hot and excited, and I had wood from, from the shoot. And we headed right to the bedroom. The entire session left her completely turned on. Soon we lost track of time, and decided she wasn't going to make it back to her hotel because it was on the other side of the city. And we went out to my favorite Italian restaurant for a, for a birthday celebration and then back to my studio for the, for, the, for the night. And the next day I took her to her hotel to, to check out and then the airport to catch her flight back home. And for years, Mia came back on her own for more shoots dinner, drinks, and sex until she came back to live with me. The same scenario happened again with Sabrina Lords and even with Andrea Diamond. And it seems like it always started with jeans, heels, or boots. An interesting fact, all three had one thing in common, as well as other models too. Over the years, the shoots left them extremely wet and excited during the photo session. And some, it even showed up and appeared in the photos, like with Andrea and Milo Fox. Those, they were so wet. I mean, there, I have a picture of Andrea in lingerie with this black thong, and the black thong just has her white pussy juice coming out all over the place. It's all over the, it's all over the thong. And Milo completely naked, and, and she's doing, you know, she's doing posing on the bed, and you can see her pussy's just dripping. That's eroticism. 
it's an outside element in in this case the interaction with the camera the photographer and the posing you know their bodies so while not always but often eroticism does lead to sex but sex is not the only way to get in touch with the source of your life energy the essence of eroticism is having that quality of playfulness aliveness and curiosity with that in mind start engaging in activities interests and personal passions which define who you are and what makes you an interesting vital and attractive person take a trip somewhere take up photography take up music learn to dance regardless of what you choose to do the important thing is to bring it back to your life and relationships bring back a fresh sense of excitement and passion there is no doubt that the central agent of the eroticism is our creativity and our imagination the thing that separates us from other animals sexual fantasies play a very crucial role in heightening eroticism and maintaining the erotic focus that is critical for sexual arousal What goes through your mind will impact how pleasurable and satisfying the experience will be. When you fantasize, you're talking about taking advantage of the novelty that the imagination can create to heighten your sexual excitement. Fantasies are highly personal and can be incredibly diverse. Because people are unique, there'll be a great variety in what each person finds arousing in a sexual fantasy. It is important to remember that fantasies are not necessarily wishes. People often fantasize about things they would never act on in real life, even if the opportunity presented itself. But within the safety and anonymity of the world of make-believe, the unthinkable can lead to novel excitement, which is what makes it so thrilling and arousing. Fantasy allows you to flirt with a with outrageous and totally out of character sexual behavior without any risk of harm and maybe you will never practice it but have you ever thought about tying your partner to the bed blindfolded and kissing their body softly from their mouth to their toes without touching their genital area and then starting back up the inside of their legs passing slightly over their genitals back up to their nipples and then kissing their neck their mouth and then beginning the journey again down towards the pussy very slowly very softly have you ever tried it or ladies have you not done the same thing to your man we all have our sexual fantasies which fantasies which is eroticism but have you actually practiced it make time to let your mind wander to sensual thoughts if you watch a movie or read a book or erotic fiction that has a scenario that you find central and exciting replay it in your mind casting yourself as the main character recall an exciting sexual experience or experiences from the past in vivid detail write about it in your journal embellish the details to make it even more dramatic romantic and arousing just recently one of my followers on social media contacted me because i commented on a photo of her she was laying face down in uh with her hand, with her head in her hands looking off towards the camera 
she was face down on the on a couch and you know the jeans just perfectly curved her her butt and I mean she just looked spectacular her hair was spectacular and her eyes and face had this incredible exotic look similar to a girl that I knew from Turkey back in the in the early 2000s it was a girl from Turkey who I stay with, stay in touch with and we chatted for hours and shared our sexual fantasies we shared our personal experiences and yes I invited her to the podcast to share some of her incredible erotic life experiences and I mean she's not in the adult industry and not at least not yet she has no only fans she doesn't do many vids she's not a webcam model she had a very large Instagram account and I can understand why she's absolutely she's absolutely beautiful she's got a great figure and I mean she's got a very captivating aura around her but yeah she hasn't decided yet if she's gonna come back in and I have a feeling that in the near future just from us talking I have a feeling she's gonna get into something into the adult ambiance whether she's gonna do an OnlyFans that maybe will work up slowly to something a little bit more um, what would you call it explicit you know but read examples of other people's fantasies Nancy Friday's forbidden flowers and men in love feature an array of male and female sexual fantasies which may surprise the hell out of you guys that's it for tonight this episode on erotism was I hope interesting for you I love sharing what I found out what I discovered uh, exploring the erotism world and in the future I'm gonna have guests on here on the podcast from porn stars to escorts uh, from live cam models to content creators and even some who may not even be in the adult business but do embrace their erotic self if you would like to appear on the pad podcast and talk about your sexual fantasies experiences desires or any topic of the adult industry please message me your email and I will gladly contact you until next week I'm your host Kevin the erotic photographer wishing you a great night filled with erotic fantasies good night